What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, Laura, Ellen, and Justin. Together, we're going to have a good, bad, and ugly roundtable discussion about the Hounds. But first, I'm going to catch up with Jansen Jameson to learn more about Steel City FC. Let's go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. Jansen, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. So um, last week uh, we talked to Steph, who is sort of the founder and owner, and we thought it was really important. We want to talk to some of the players. And so obviously you're with the team. You've been with the team for a few years. Tell me about your journey. You grew up in the North Hills, correct? Yes, I did. So how did you go from playing soccer in the North Hills to being an attacker for Steel City FC? I um, grew up playing soccer since I was probably about five years old, um, just for the North Hills club soccer team. And um, I just immediately fell in love with the game. Um, As I got older, I got involved in club teams, uh, specifically FC Pittsburgh. And I also played for um, the ODP team for my year, which is the Olympic development team. Mm -hmm. Um, And I then went on to play in college um, for Edinburgh University, um, played there for four years. And then after I graduated, that's how I found my way to Steel City FC. Um, and I played an attacker for them in the past couple of seasons that I played with them. But I also, throughout my whole career, have been more of an attacking player. Um, I'm kind of small <laughs> in size. Mm-hmm. So, Playing defense is not one of my strong suits, hmm. but I like being creative and making plays happen um, in, in an attacking sense. That's interesting because we talk to a lot of players, and it's it always seems like at some point in their career they end up, you know, thinking they're on this track. I'm all I'm going to be a defender or I'm going to be a winger, and some coach grabs them and says, "No, no, 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 no. you're going to be a striker or you're going to be a center back." Um, so, right. just did you always sort of have that propensity as like even a kid, where it's just like, "Give me the ball, I'm going to go score." Yeah, not so much scoring, too. It's like I, I always enjoyed just, like, setting setting people up or creating the play. Okay. Um, so even that attacking center mid role or mm-hmm. one of the wide players, um, I always enjoyed just setting up the play. I wasn't always – I didn't always have to be the one that was scoring the goals. But yeah. I just I, – I loved being creative, taking people on one-on-one. Um, that's just something that I really enjoy about the game. Nice. So, so how many years have you been with the team? So this will be my fourth year. Um, yeah, I, I played right after I graduated college, which is in two, which was in 2016. Um, and then this will be my fourth fourth season with the team. So obviously four years, you know, highs and lows. And, you know, you've probably run the gamut, especially since, you know, the since the team's inception. Um, what's been the best thing you've experienced as a member of the team thus far? Yeah, um, I think our ability to just grow and adapt um, over the years. The teams that we, we play are really strong teams. Uh, but since we're such a new, a new program compared to the teams that we're playing who've been around for many years or they have theater programs where they raise their kids in um, 
younger kids in like club teams and then they send them off to college and they come back to play for their um, amateur women's team. They have a lot of experience, whereas we're more new. Uh, but I just think our ability to be able to adapt and, and create chemistry in such a short amount of time um, is, is just an awesome experience because I love all of my teammates and I think that we really uh, play well together and just, like I said, have great chemistry. So that's something that I've really loved about our team. What, uh, you know, what has the support been like as a player? You know, you tell people, oh, I play for Steel City FC. What are, what's people's reactions to that? What are people's reactions at the games? How have you felt as a player on this team? Yeah, um, a lot of people, when I tell them that, they're, they're like, oh, that's so awesome. Um, and they ask like, quite a lot of questions about it. Um, but because there hasn't been a women's team for soccer in the Pittsburgh area, um, there's definitely interest in it's really great to see when we go to games that there's youth soccer teams who come to support and everyone's parents and fans and um, it's it's a really great environment down there and we play down at the Ellis School um, mm-hmm. which is like a centrally located field for the Pittsburgh area but it's just been it's really cool experience to have the Pittsburgh support behind us um, for what our organization is and, and what we stand for. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's one of the things we talked about last weekend is sort of that central location makes it, it should make it really easy for people to get out to games. Um, You know, it's sort of right across from Bakery Square. You know, people can sort of have a nice meal, walk over to the game, check it out. So we're we're really looking forward here to, you know, really the end of this month when you guys kick off and then all through June to come and check you guys out. Um, It's going to be a really exciting season. Um, Yeah, yeah, we're looking on uh, on the site, you know, as I was doing a little bit of research, I noticed that your that you sort of had a personal sponsorship listed beneath you. And we were talking a little bit off air, and you mentioned this year it's going to be Clean Juice, which the whole personal sponsorship thing sort of piqued my interest. So how does how does that work? What does that what does that actually mean for you? Yeah, so Clean Juice is a company um, that sells organic and clean juices. Uh, you can tell that by their name, <laughs> um, but they actually couple from Pittsburgh, which is really neat, actually um, created the entire company. And now it's a national company. Um, but I, my husband and I recently visited their store. They have a location in Wexford, um, and we just loved everything that they stood for. They're a Christian-based company, and just everything that they do, and not only that, but what they put in their drinks and, and their product is really good, and we just really supported their business. And we um, are what's called a juice booster there. So um, we like to, we promote their, their company. Um, and so because of that relationship we created there with them, um, I reached out to them about being a sponsor uh, for me as a player on uh, Steel City. Um, and that's how our relationship began for them to be a sponsor. That's really, really cool. Um, you know, we're always looking for, you know, really cool local um, companies that are sort of out there at the grassroots level doing their thing. And, and the fact that you sort of identified them as something that you'd like to see succeed and you're sort of associating your name with that, I think is really, really cool. So kudos to you on that. Um, Thank you. One of the things that we like to emphasize whenever we do these interviews is that, you know, obviously you're more than just a soccer player. You know, you have hobbies, likes and dislikes. You mentioned, you know, your husband, and I'd be a bit remiss if I didn't mention, you know, that your husband is Chris Jameson, who was on The Voice, made it all the way to the final. Were you with him at that point? What was it like sort of going through that experience, and and what's it like living in a musical household? Yeah, so uh, 
my husband and I have been together since we were um, 14 years old, so since eighth grade. Wow. Um, Yeah, (laughs) pretty long. (laughs) Um, He went on the show when I was a junior in college up at Edinburgh, and actually they pre-tape everything before – before the live starts so we kind of knew that he was made that he made it to the lives but we couldn't tell anybody so i would travel for my college soccer games and we would watch we would go to the hotels that we were staying at and we as a team we would all watch him sing on the voice and then i would have all my teammates vote and it was just a really cool experience um but yeah i was with him throughout the whole show and i got to actually go out for several of the episodes and um just to be there for the finale and it was it was a crazy experience just to see how like a live production works the behind the scenes mm-hmm. um and he is a full-time musician now uh, making music and he's actually getting ready to release his brand new project um which is him himself completely separate from the voice uh which he's super excited about but it's definitely opposite from the sports i always grew up as the one who was athletic and and into the sports and he was always the one that was musically inclined and did a lot of the musicals and like jazz bands and things like that um so i guess you can definitely say that opposites attract in our (laughs) case but um it's it's awesome it's awesome so 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 he he brings the music side to the household what uh what are some of your hobbies outside of soccer what sort of things do you like to do yeah, so uh, this is actually interesting. I, I have an Instagram called Golden Floor Kitchen, so I am really into, like, cooking and baking. Um, and I like to post my recipes or the things that I make um, on this Instagram page just because it's something I enjoy. And the name Golden Floor Kitchen came from the apartment that we currently live in has, like, one of those gold linoleum, like, old-time 1970s, like, <laughs> ugly hexagon yes board. yes um, and it's like bright gold color nice <laughs> so that, that's where the name came from but yeah i really enjoy um cooking baking anything um that's i also like reading um i'm really into fitness i went to school for um sports exercise science so i'm just really passionate about fitness which also leads uh brings in the whole soccer aspect of it but yeah, those are some of the things that that I like to do for hobbies. So Golden Floor Kitchen on Instagram. Everybody, make sure you go and follow. Check that out because uh, I'm going to go look it up as soon as we're done, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm, this is awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to go check that out. That's really cool. Um, so last year, I was sort of looking through. Uh, Steel City had, uh, uh, had you answer a bunch of questions, um, just sort of random one-off questions. So I thought maybe we'd do the same sort of thing in a bit of a lightning round. Um, so I'm going to sure. throw a bunch of questions at you really quickly and, uh, and we'll see what you come up with for an answer. So are you ready? Yep. All right. Uh, pre-game song. What do you like to listen to before a game? Uh, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. Ooh. Okay. Uh, favorite TV show. Uh, this is us. This is us. Okay. That was your favorite one last year too, wasn't it? I think so. And it has a tie to Pittsburgh, which even it does. makes it cooler. It does. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you could live in a book, TV, or movie universe, which one would you pick? I think I would pick uh, Grey's Anatomy. Ooh. I would like to be a character, a, a doctor, just because 
I could not do that in my room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Part, that would be awesome. Okay. <laughs> Steel City last year asked you if you, if, if, or they asked specifically, which Disney princess are you? I'll just say, which Disney character do you think you are? Um, I think I'll stick with my answer last year with the princess. I, I think I went with Moana just because she was always into exploring and being adventurous. And I feel like I could really relate with that because I enjoy traveling and, and doing fun things like that. That's awesome. I'll stick with that one. Great answer. Um, mm-hmm. So on last week's episode, we asked Stephanie Harrison, as I mentioned, the founder, where she'd like to see this team in five to 10 years. You know, obviously you've been with them since the inception. Where would you like to see this team in five to 10 years? I'd like to see this team just grow and, and build um, on the previous seasons, just like we're currently doing now. Um, but to a point where we can be like the teams that we're competing against, um, like they just, they have so much support and um, they have so much uh, financial support on top of that where they can just um, host all of these awesome events and, and at their games, they have um, just all these fans. And I just would like to see our team grow and really develop and be an inspiration for younger girls in the Pittsburgh area um, to look up to. Uh, to see where where women can compete at a high level of soccer in the Pittsburgh area, because I don't think that that we've had this. This is a new program, so we've never had a, a soccer team like this before. And I think that this this team gives the chance for younger girls to have something to look up to. Oh, 100 percent. And and I think that's one of the things that you know, sort of following the Hounds Academy and looking at a lot of the other youth academies, it's a bit of a head scratcher because the girls, at least at this point, seem to be predominantly more successful than the boys. And that's not a knock on the boys. It's just the girls are killing it. And so the fact that you guys are now here as, you know, a potential next step for them. Um, and it sounds like the some of the um, the community events that you guys are doing are sort of those stepping stones to, to you know, growing and continuing to get that base. So absolutely. I, I totally great. agree. We'd love to see you guys continue to grow. This is great. Um, oh, yeah. So here's here's the tough one, the tough question. If you had a magic wand and you could make one thing happen for this team, anything at all, it could be, you know, you guys get a million dollars, $5 million. It could be, you get your own stadium. It could be anything at all. What would it be? Uh, I would definitely say have our own stadium. Mm. I think that would be, I think that would be so cool. Just right dead center in the city of Pittsburgh um, with our logo at the center and just, like I, that would just be so cool because right now we're playing at Ellis School, which is still a nice field. But just mm-hmm. to have our own place and and to to have it be our Steel City SC field would be that would be unbelievable. Oh, I agree. So I'd have to go. Get- yeah, no, that's a great answer. Um, last question, and then I'll get you out of here. Why should people come out and support this team? You know, this is your chance to sort of make a sales pitch to all the listeners who I think are itching to come out anyway. So this is your chance to sort of put them over the edge. Why should people come out and support this team? Because you're going to have a great time. I mean, any game that we play, we always, we're so competitive. We, we try our hardest and um, we're good. We are good. And I think that coming out to support us um, would just, you would have a blast. Um, it's just, it's a great atmosphere. We, we play as a team and, um, 
yeah, we're, we are a good team, and I think that people should come out to watch us play and support us. Absolutely. Um, Jansen, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Everyone, make sure you go follow Jansen. You're at I am Jansen J on Twitter, but as we just heard, you're also Golden Floor Kitchen on Instagram. So everybody has to go check that out now because that just sounds amazing. <laughs> um, yes. Thank you so much again. We really, really appreciate it. Best of luck this season. Oh, you know, yeah. hopefully, if people are down at the games, make sure they come up, say hello. Um, yeah, yeah, can't wait for you guys Great. to get started. This is going to be an exciting season. Oh, we're. We are so excited, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hello. Woohoo! Really? I was expecting We're a here. collective hello there. Thanks for <laughs> leaving me out there. Yeah, I don't like bye weeks. This sucks. I don't like having no game, and it just, I don't know. It just It's lame. I don't like it. Yeah. So, first of all, you know, joining us on the flip side, uh, just had a really great interview um, with uh, Jansen, which was uh, Steel City FC fantastic like we said make sure you go support them guys josh as you said no game this weekend so you know we asked on twitter who had the best plans first of all what did you guys do with no game this weekend laura ellen what did you do this weekend yeah i uh worked on a food truck which um yeah it's tons of fun so for those in western pennsylvania go check out blue sparrow uh it's global street food so combination of Thai, Vietnamese, uh, you know, we have falafel. I mean, there's all kinds of things and it's just delicious. And so I've been, this is my third summer working with them. And so whenever I can, I try and hop on the truck and, and help them out. And I love it. So yeah, it was where, a great time. Where are, the po- where are the popular food truck spots in Pittsburgh? Everywhere. I mean, there's not really a spot. Like, they're usually at like different like breweries. Yeah. Is where I see food trucks the most. Oh, okay. It seems like all the breweries around Pittsburgh because we have so many now that it's just like, hey, we'll just have food everywhere. Yeah. And you know, Laura Ellen, you said it's a lot of fun. And had I not actually worked on a quote unquote food truck at one point, I'd be like, ah, she's just making that up. But like, it really is a good time. Like, it's so focused. We were talking about this offline. Like, it's so hyper focused. Um, that you know you're only making a few things and so you really have the opportunity to sort of enjoy yourself and talk to people and have a good time so yeah no that's awesome um guys what else just just uh josh justin i'm like blum you guys are merging together in my mouth <laughs> j names j names yeah josh what did you do this weekend uh i had a busy week it was actually kind of nice <laughs> I, I, I complained about not having a game to go to but at the same time my weekend was kind of full went to a whiskey party a whiskey party on uh saturday a friend of mine uh from the steel army actually mike he he said hey when i have a party where we kind of taste whiskey and and do pairings with it and all that kind of stuff so i was like that sounds fun sounds like low key we get there we end up spending like all night there up until like midnight, like midnight 30. I'm like, wow, this is a lot later than I thought I was going to be here <laughs> because we were having so much fun. It was just like, okay, we had to go home. Uh, but yeah, but then we also, you know, the final uh, games for EPL were on Sundays. So went to industry with all the other Everton folks and watched that game and uh, enjoyed Liverpool uh, not winning. So that was cool. Uh, what did you guys do? <laughs> Kev, did you enjoy Liverpool not winning? <laughs> no, I did not enjoy it. I mean, I look, I was mentally prepared. I, I was mentally prepared for this for like three weeks. I, I really didn't think City was going to drop points, um, especially after the after the uh, United game. So mentally, I was resigned to this um, for a while, but it still hurt. I was I was a wreck um, watching watching the Liverpool game, especially there was that 
I think it was in total 90 seconds when uh, crap, who did they play? Uh, who did City play? Brighton. Um, when Brighton went up 1-0 and the uh, Anfield crowd just erupts while we're up 1-0 and I I was, <laughs> at that point, I was just like on the floor, like curled up. I was like, no, this can't happen. I don't like, I can't believe this, this, this can't be happening. And of course, you know, city score in 90 seconds and then go again and end up putting four past Brighton. So it was tough. Uh, but, you know, going on to Madrid, Champions League final, uh, 97 points, you know, more points than any of the Ferguson teams, more points than the Invincibles, more points than Mourinho's 05 Chelsea team. So, uh, it's still an incredible side, but just unfortunate we came up against Pep's uh, City team this year. Justin, is Liverpool going to lose to Tottenham in the Champions League final now? I, you know, it's it's a hard thing. I like Tot, you know, ever since I've been a Tottenham fan, and I haven't even been a Tottenham fan that long, but they can't win a single thing. So like, I have no, I actually have no faith that they're going to be able to pull out a Champions League final in Spain, nonetheless. So, uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see if Salah, Kane, you know, if those guys get back, um, it could make for a more interesting, a more interesting game. But we'll see. I mean, both ta- both sides are super talented, um, and it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun game either way. What'd you do this weekend, man? Laura Allen on the truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I work every weekend pretty much, so I work at a church that has Saturday night and Sunday morning services. So I, um, I was working most of the weekend like normal, and then. Um, Usually I, you know, come straight to the Riverhounds games after church on Saturday nights, but was able to actually just go home and chill this week. So that was nice. And uh, yeah, it's a fun weekend. It was, it, it was, it was almost bittersweet that there wasn't a game. Um, Cause you know, I agree. It was just one of those things where it was a busy weekend and to not have to think, Oh yeah, wait, there's a game tonight. Um, was kind of nice, even though we did miss them playing. We put it out on Twitter. We said, you know, who has the best plans? We'll give them a shout. A um, couple people had a couple different things going on. Matt Geica ran a 25K. I didn't see how that turned Shoot. out for him, um, but kudos to you, man. Uh, Storino was vacationing in Arizona wearing his Hound shirt while Polanski was vacationing in North Carolina. So these people who, like, plan their vacations for Hounds bye weeks, whether it just happened that way or not, good on them. Um Lots of people mentioned that they were pulling for a city loss so Liverpool could win the league this weekend. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, Listen, Brighton, seems... Brighton did everything they could. Yeah. Yeah. So, seems like everyone, uh, you know, made do without any hounds. And now, you know, on the turn, we get two games this week. So, hopefully, that makes up for it. Um, let's uh <laughs> laura ellen's just shaking her head like no that didn't make up no it really doesn't <laughs> um guys i wanted to you know obviously we didn't have a game so we're not recapping anything but we've had a lot of discussions offline sort of about thoughts of how the season has progressed so far we're not at 10 games yet so we're not allowed to look at the standings and blah, blah, blah. but we've all sort of shared thoughts over the course of the season in terms of things that we thought have gone well, things that we thought have not gone well, things that we thought have gone terribly. And so I thought it might be fun to just do a roundtable open discussion about sort of good, bad, and ugly. We don't want to end on a negative, so we're going to start with the ugly. So um, what has been ugly for this team in the first eight games? Justin, I'm going to start with you. What's what's the ugly thing for you? (laughs) I've got I've got two stats. Um, I'll save one so we can we can discuss the first. But I think for me, where it starts is goalkeeping. I mean, I think that 
it has been poor. Um, and I think like, so I was looking for some stats today because I didn't want to, I didn't want to come on this call and be like, Oh my gosh, the river hounds are terrible this season. It just feels like they're awful. I wanted to come on with like, Nope. What? This, like we do every week. Is that, is this, that your, is no, that, no, 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 that's not my shot. I just wanted to say, <laughs> I just wanted to come on with verifiable, like this, these are actually the hard facts of where the river hounds sit right now. So I looked at the goalkeeping stats of a couple different players, but um, Ben uh, Lundgaard, obviously he's faced nine shots this season. He has six saves and three goals conceded. Uh, Kyle, on the other hand, has faced 12 shots uh, with four saves and eight goals conceded. I think those are, mm. when you look at Ben's stats, not, not terrible, not great, but not terrible. When you look at Kyle's stats, pretty bad. So I just think, so I went to compare that because I wanted to see kind of where we are in the like not the table but like where we are with other keepers so um looking at the team we're playing on saturday memphis uh their keeper caldwell has faced 31 shots has 18 saves and has given up 13 goals on the other side on the other end of the table uh john mccarthy from tampa has faced 33 shots has 29 saves and has only given up four goals uh and it just as a comparison hartford who we have beat three to one early in the season they, uh, Lissick, their keeper has faced 45 shots, has 31 saves and has given up 14 goals. So I think there's just an element of that will, that part of that will turn into my good for the season. But I think it's just really bad when we don't give up that many shots, but we're giving up as many goals as some of these other teams in the league. Does anybody have a rebuttal to that? Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the, I, I feel like everyone can agree that the goalie situation right now isn't the best, and that's probably one of the more big concerns of the season, especially looking at the injury report. And I, I believe Lungard is still out with a back injury. So it's <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of scary uh, to think that. So, yeah, I, I mean, have nothing. What, what is, I mean, what do you guys all think? Like, if we, if we did have – Let's just say, I don't even want to. Let's just say, like a, a league-wide average keeper. You know, in in the first eight games that we've played, are, are we talking about a two-point difference, a three-point difference? Like, how how much do you think it would have impacted the eight games so far if we had? You know, like because I mean, what we have? How many draws? Five draws. Five draws. Yeah. Um. You know, with 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 a couple. You know two of those are saves and all of a sudden we have four extra points you know what i mean and and two of those draws turn turn into two wins i don't know i mean it it, it does seem because i don't know it, the defense we i think we've we've talked about it so far the defense is fine they're not they're not great they've shown moments of of i think mental lapses and and all that kind of stuff but i don't think they're playing particularly well i, I don't think you can sit here and say greenspan Adewale, dover and james are having a bad season so far um, but we're still sitting here talking about 11 goals conceded. So, yeah, no, it, it, the, the, the keeping thing, yeah, it, it, it needs to get fixed quickly because, yeah, I mean, I think we could be looking at a different, well, I know you're not looking at the table, but I could be looking at a different table right now if, <laughs> if, uh, if, if just two of those draws were turned into wins, you know, equating to essentially just two more saves at the right moments um, could have made a big difference. I think the stat that really jumps out at me is, you know, just you were just saying 31 shots. We've had, what, 10 shots? 21. They, how many? 
We've had 21 shots against us this season. 21. Yeah, yeah. So we're 21 shots, and well, okay. I'm I'm looking at the okay. individual keeper stats oh, yeah, here. Where yep. 10 saves total. Yep. Um, like that's like nothing. So like that makes me think that maybe the defense is doing okay. Um, but you know, I think back. Hmm, I was gonna say I think back to some of the goals, and and I wonder, you know. How many of those were savable? And, uh, you know, it feels like we've talked about at least one each game where we've been like, mm, that's probably savable. So I guess, Kev, to your point, you know, if we had a better keeper situation, how many more points do I think we would have at this point in the season? We'd probably have another win or two at least. At I least, think. yeah. And, and I don't even want to say, like, I don't want to say, like, oh, if we had a Zach Steffen in. Like, because, yeah, if anyone can say that, and, and it would be a big you know, point swing in their favor. So, uh, yeah, I don't even think it's like we don't need the best keeper in the league right now, especially based on, you know, how many shots we're giving away. We don't need a keeper that's making nine saves a game. Um, we just need we just need a keeper that makes the right saves in the right moments. Yeah. I think the thing that – and I think the thing that Laura and I have talked about, and, and Laura, you can, you can expound on this, but I think, like, we've talked about the idea of, like, I think – a keeper a keeper's not obviously not going to make every save across the whole season i mean mccarthy has come pretty close this season but i think a keeper's not going to make every save but at some point you got to make a save to keep your team in the lead or in the game or something and it just doesn't feel like that is happening this year yeah and i feel like Maybe it maybe it is like okay making like as a keeper making that save that keeps the team in or I I, I don't know if if that's what it is honestly like I listened to those stats and for me part of what it is do I think it's a, a skills thing do I think it's a competency thing yeah I think that's part of it but I also think that there's like a trust dynamic that's there. And I think a couple of the goals, at least that, you know, I've seen just at Highmark Stadium have been this miscommunication or this lack of trust between the back line and the goalkeeper. And when the goalkeeper, when the back line doesn't trust the goalkeeper, then they tend to kind of like step into things that potentially with another keeper they wouldn't be doing. And so it there then gets this like weird gray area of like, Oh, should I get it? Are you getting it? Well, do I actually trust you to get it? You know? And I, I think that like causes a lot of issues and, and I don't know, I didn't go back and look at all the goals that have been scored against us and, and to see how many of those instances, um, have been there but at least for me like that's kind of what's been at least part of our goalkeeping issues yes i think it's partially a skills thing and a competency thing but i also think there's this lack of trust between the back line and the keeper which just continually compounds itself and then you know one one goal is let in then there's like this mental game that keeps playing and building on itself and feeding on itself that then there's continual distrust that happens within the game and I think that's like a really tricky part that um that can really like be really toxic not only within a game but then in the locker room um and across games yeah yeah this it is it's ugly I mean when I sort of think back to to recent seasons we really haven't seen this as much like especially last season. I mean, we started off where it was like, okay, we're, we're getting a lot of draws, but we also weren't giving up a ton of goals. 
And so I think that that sort of gets to the root of, you know, Kev, you saying, well, you know, has the defense really been that terrible or what's going on? So this could be a situation where the defense maybe isn't terrible, but maybe they're trying to overcompensate for the situation of not sure what to do with the keeper position. And so it's it could be a combination of things that's leading to us um, sort of leaking opportunities. Um, that's a good point. One of the um, the uglies, which I don't even know if it's really an ugly, it's more of a question mark that I wanted to throw out to all of you. I was listening to the USL show this week, and they were talking about overachievers and underachievers in the league thus far. So you know what teams are are sort of batting above their their grade level, and which ones are just waiting to get hot. And uh, the Hounds just, they didn't even make the list, but one of the things that they mentioned was, you know, you have, not looking at the table, you have New Mexico United in the West who are top team. They have a bunch of young players who are just exciting to watch. They're, they're, they're bringing a lot of energy to the game. And then in the East, shocker of all shockers, you have the Red Bulls who are top of the East. Once again, young team, they sort of have a system in play. And I think it was Phil who mentioned, like, you know, he almost feels bad. It, they've said it for years where they were concerned that the USL has sort of passed Lily by. And they're just wondering if, you know, the, the point that they made was that a lot of the, where these teams are having success is with taking chances with younger players from all over the world who have energy, who have something to prove, and trying to build a team around players who have sort of been there for years and have done that just doesn't seem to be the formula in the first eight to 10 games this season. And that this might be the time that we start to see the league, the league's growing beyond the point of what it used to be. And we're having a difficult time keeping up. And so I don't know if that's an ugly, but I just thought it was an interesting point that we've sort of danced around. Um, Josh, I know that you're, you're not a Lily out person, not that I'm saying Lily out, but what's your, what are your thoughts on that? No, I think that's way premature. Uh, the fact that we are having these issues, I don't think is a Lily doesn't know what he's doing issue. If You know what I mean? Like, I feel like maybe the personnel that we – the way he's utilizing him, sure, that, that could be maybe argue that he could do better there. Um, but I honestly don't feel like the league changed completely within this last year. And that, you know, if he was able to be so good last year – and now this year he's having some issues. That seems kind of silly to be like, well, it finally happened. It's like, I would expect last year he would have been middle of the table. And this year, you know, like, or like this year he's middle of the table. Um, but it, right now, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe he is starting to show some weakness uh, with his league. But honestly, there were people talking about Lily maybe getting a call from MLS uh, you know, with some of the coaches' uh, issues that like Colorado is having, for example, um, Cincinnati. Yeah, like th- th- that. There were people talking, like, you know, that's a possibility. Like, I don't think he would go anyway. But like, if people are having him in the conversation for MLS, it's kind of silly to think like, oh, he's he's just not good enough for USL anymore. Like, no, that's not the issue. I I don't think so. At least, I just think it's interesting something that's just sort of like in the back of my head is how is it that every season you have a team like the Red Bulls who constant turnover yet they're still always sort of nipping at the top and then you have a team like Tampa where everyone was expecting great things at Tampa last season and then it was just sort of 
you know, they couldn't put it together on the field. They got rid of their coach. They dropped a lot of their old guys, brought in a bunch of young guys that had something to prove, and now they're tearing up the league too. I mean, with with the Red Bulls especially, there is a clear answer how that works. It's because they have a system that they teach from their academy all the way up. They have a identity to the way that they play. So, I mean, it's it's very hard to get that because you have to have so much synergy between multiple coaching staffs and levels of play and they have to be able to slot in and slot out of those positions because that's how they're what they're being trained to do throughout all the academy and pretty much like there's a built-in system that isn't going to be something that lily can just do because that's not on lily that's on the entire hound system and bringing up academy kids and that that would be nice to see but yeah i feel like expecting what uh red bulls are able to do with their resources and their coaching staffs across multiple divisions and uh age levels isn't really something most usl or even heck a lot of mls teams can't seem to figure that out either i I was gonna say not to disagree with you justin you follow obviously the union you're on a union podcast bethlehem has the union has a similar sort of setup um, and Bethlehem isn't doing as well as New York this season. Um, but do you agree with Josh that you think that the big benefit there could be the youth system sort of feeding into things, or do you think it's something else? Um, I, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think it's I think it is that there is a there's a system, and and the union. I don't know that Steel have seen it happen yet. This this kind of over the last couple of years, but the union are starting to see the product of this, right? As as Brandon Erickson and, and some of these other players have come through, uh, Austin Trusty have come through the steel system and then they've come into the union squad and be able to contribute right away. I think that that's something that you see a benefit in. But I also think that there's a reality of, of Red Bull, uh, you know, Bethlehem, like they have these massive scouting networks because of being tied to an MLS team that I just think they can go find a young 17-year-old kid from – you know, somewhere in Africa, bring him in for a year and then sign him to the first team like uh, like Philadelphia did with Mitchie Galena this week. And I just think it's something that the Riverhounds probably don't have as, as wide of a scouting network or as big of a reach as some of these teams do um, who are tied to a two-team. So I think that that's part of, I mean, I think it's part of the reason why they're successful, but I also think the other part is when you're playing one way from the time you're 15, 13, 12 years old, and you're coming up through an academy, and then you're being put in a first team in a position you've played since you were 11, it's going to look very different than somebody who's coming out of college who's having to readjust to a different system than they played in college. Laura, Allen, what do you think about all this? Oh, well, I don't I don't have a ton of opinions about, like, the academy, although I do think... I do think the Riverhounds Academy is continuing to grow, right? We just, you know, another press release came out uh, on Monday saying that they hired another person for their academy. So a lot of that has been happening. And so I think, um, you know, my hope would be and kind of what the the USL is as an as a overarching like organization within the different leagues is doing for academies. Um, my hope is that we can begin building that pipeline for the first team. Um, but, you know, and like, you know, like has the USL passively by? I mean, I think 
uh, Justin pointed this out at the beginning of the season, looking at like the last portion of last season and kind of what performance looked like for the Riverhounds leading into the playoffs and then how we've started this season. I don't know that that's emblematic of, okay, the, the USL has passed, you know, has kind of superseded Lily's skills, but, but I do think there's something's happening across the USL and I don't know if, Pittsburgh as a team has like caught on to that and I don't have like I don't sit and watch all the USL games so I can't like sit here and be like well it's these three things that are happening in other USL teams that isn't happening in Pittsburgh but what I see with Pittsburgh you know and we can get into this later are just some like systemic issues that I don't know if it's specific to this team or these players or if it's kind of specific to Lily you know I I don't know kind of where the Or it's probably a combination, frankly. It's not, you know, all one thing. So anyway, that's a lot of rambling to say that I don't know. (laughs) Kev, where do you stand on this? Are you worried? And if you're not worried, when do you think you will be worried? No, I mean, I I think I mentioned, what, did we ask the same question like a week or two weeks ago? I'm I'm still not worried, but it it is just, it's weird. It's unusual. I mean, throughout this conversation, I've been kind of replaying a, a select few goals that we've conceded recently back in my head and they're just really uncharacteristic i mean what vonky is giving away a penalty against was that charleston last week um which it's just weird like you know i don't know vonky is usually never in this position to even give away a penalty you know us losing out twice on second balls on corners against nashville um you know the hartford goal from the halfway line or whatever it's just real. I don't. It's weird. It, like I, I can't really point to you know to the conversation of like has the USL Lily pa- uh, pass Lily by. I, mean, I don't point those towards like tactical misjudgments. Uh, th- those are just and it's yeah. I mean, it's not like these are new players that we're that we're kind of testing out. We we know how good these players are, and it's just, I think there's moments in the game where it's just like that's not that's not them. Like I, I don't know what's happening here. Um, so no, I, I'm not worried. I mean, I, I think we we should we should have this conversation again after 15, 20 games, um, and I'll feel more yeah confident in making a judgment then. But I think I think it's still way too early to, to kind of start making these judgments. But um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't know. I haven't gotten the impression that like Lily's missing a trick here. Um, if anything, I've I've seen a slight um, progression and evolution of the side with a bit more control uh, in the defense in the midfield um, this year uh, as opposed to last year. But, uh, yeah, it's just these weird mistakes happening. Yeah, and I, I think for me the thing – like, I think you're right, Kevin. Like, there are these kind of I, – I don't want to call them, like, freak occurrences, but kind of these outliers of things that compared to last year we haven't necessarily been expecting to see. But I feel like there's been so many, like – weird occurrences right like the long shot the penalty like there's been so many of these things that are kind of like oh well that seems uncharacteristic of this team like at what point is the uncharacteristic thing now becoming the characteristic thing if that makes sense yeah and and this like it's a hard thing to kind of talk about on a podcast because my first thought around those points to like what's happening in the dressing room is something you know is, is something happening where i don't know the players has lost has lost confidence in the coaching staff or the players have you know the players are kind of 
fractioning off into little things and they're not trusting each other anymore. Um, but I mean, it's, it's all pure speculation. I mean, I don't, I, any of you please speak up if you've like caught a little bit, like, you know, while you're at high mark or, or anything like that, that might suggest that. But I mean, th those are the only things. And I think it's just really hard to speculate about. Let me give you one stat, Kev, that I think you'll love because you talk about it every week on the podcast. Um, <laughs> this is this is my other this is my other ugly, um, and it's the reality that we have we in passes, the number of passes that we've passed this season is thirty third out of thirty six teams in the league, and Wait, our, the to the total number. Of yes, passes. yes. Right. So we have passed three thousand three hundred twenty six passes. Right. Which is thirty third in the league. Yeah, our percentage of completed passes is the lowest in the league at seventy yeah. percent. And it's I think disgusting. That there's, there's a reality <laughs> to me that I think, like I almost, when you say it every week on the podcast, I'm like, no, 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 that's not true. We were actually a pretty good passing team. Blah 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 blah. But then I just like, as I read that stat, and then I think through kind of what we've passed, like we, so many long balls that aren't to anybody so many flicks on from our tall um you know strikers who there's nobody running on to them there's just there's just so many passes that happen in the course of a game that i think we're just not playing well together at this point like it's just it's not looking smooth on the field i mean there's there's moments and there's and there's time where that works and i think the other thing is you're looking at a countering team that counters really well so your passing percentage is going to be lower. But the fact that we've also had the lowest number of passes and the lowest percentage, both of those are going to lead to not good things. Yeah, and, and it's weird. I mean, like, you know, Josh, you've you've pointed this out as well to kind of put us back on, on the track. Like, we're scoring relatively more goals, though. That's the weird thing, right? Like, yeah, I, like... The, the the stat the passing stats and just the evidence we see with our eyes watching the game every week yeah we're not we're not passing the ball well at all um, but it's I don't know and and so so that I don't know that's my only critique I think tactically is it, fine if it, if we're gonna be committed to this more direct fight for second balls and um, kind of accept a lower passing percentage and all that kind of stuff then we we need to be a bit more brave. In, in committing, especially midfielders, uh, forward, trying trying to break the the opposition's defensive line, because you know, if you want to do that and fight for second balls, you need more than two people fighting for second balls. And right now, that's what it feels like. Where we'll we'll play to Dos Santos's head or chest, and then it's like Kerr is just kind of sniffing around, and <laughs> that's it. And then we lose we lose the ball, and and that's what happens. So yeah, it's. I don't know what to make of it. Like, it's, I don't know. I keep saying, like, let's see how this is at 15 games in. Like, because I think at some point, the reason why I want to say let's wait until 15 games in is because I think at some point one side of this conversation is going to kind of revert to the mean and we'll see what's actually happening here. Like, I, I want to see, you know, will our goal scored start going down to match an expectation you would have with a team with the lowest passing percentage, you know, in the league, or will our passing percentage get better and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. Coming into this, I was like, oh, we're, we're not, we're not, you know, 
we're we're doing okay. Justin, you keep throwing these stats. I'm like, we're bad. Like, I, we're, we're not good. I know, and that's the unfortunate thing. Like, I I wanted to come into this podcast thinking, oh, we're okay, and then I started looking at like deeper and deeper into these stat levels, and I'm just like, we are not good at all. <laughs> like, um, I know we're doing okay, but it's just like, I mean we're doing okay getting points I and mean, we've gotten some points this season it's not you know we're not tacoma it's two nine and oh <laughs> john thinks we're not okay either josh, josh you're our uh, you're our eternal optimist how how feel you all right so let's look at goals for example uh, if we're trying to look at an optimist thing here uh louisville last year great team right they had uh 10 goals we have more than 10 goals at this point uh last year what i'm saying is louisville had uh only 10 goals at this point last year right and we have more than that i think we have like 12 right so like we're scoring better than one of the best teams last season um so it it's not goal scoring that's the issue and i feel like the fact that we have that and that we we already have that piece in place that means it's it's not like we have to redo the whole thing. We don't have to throw out the whole system, the whole everything, and rebuild this. We have a, a solid place there. And so really it's just the, the defense or just, you know, in, in general trying to figure out how to lock that up. So that's my one positive. I mean, it's I, I don't feel like the whole season is a wash already or like that we're completely screwed here. Yeah, it's at the end of the day, too, it's what, one loss in eight games. We haven't lost in seven. Like as you know, it's it sounds nice when you, when you say it like that. And you know, barring what it was, it was the Nashville game that we scored two goals in the last like five minutes or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, barring that, I, I don't think we've really been chasing games that much. It's not like we were like, ah, oh, crap! Now we need to score in like the 90th minute or whatever to to claw back a draw. Um, you know, it's yeah, it's fine margins. I don't know. I I, I think in an alternative universe. We we could be talking about a pretty significant point difference if one or two of these draws turn into wins. I'm I'm getting tired of talking about ugly because I feel like we could just keep <laughs> talking about this until we until we stop. Let's take a step up to bad, Justin. You have another stat here for us for bad. So what's what what did you quantify as bad and not ugly? Yeah. So actually, I thought this was an interesting stat. Like for me, um, our shots, the number of shots we've taken this season, are. 35th in league which is bad out of a team of out of a league of 36 um so we've only taken i don't remember the number but 35th in the league our conversion percentage is sixth in the league so my wondering is should we just be taking more shots or are we just not earning shots yeah like i i I would i would agree with I, i don't think we get in positions enough to try to take the shots. I mean, what, against Charleston? Yeah, Kerr and Forbes. I mean, like I said, in the, for the first half, I, I think we were confused and thinking that we were really dominant, but we, really, we had two chances. You can you can almost argue we had a chance and a half. You can, I mean, it's, it's hard to call Forbes' chance a clear-cut chance, but he's just brilliant with the finish. Um, yeah, how many times does that happen? It's, t- it's tough to say. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think at the same time, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not putting ourselves in, in great positions to try to you know create chances I, I don't think we're creating a lot of chances but yeah the, the ones that we've had it could be it could, could be kind of skewing the uh the numbers right here with with Forbes and Kerr in particular 
I mean, do you think we have players that are just not greedy enough right now that don't want the goals under their belt? Like, are too many of our players willing to pass the ball off for a better shot for someone else and not willing to just be greedy and take that shot, even though it's not the best shot possible? I think so. I mean, I think we've seen uh, we've seen Canardo hit some long shots. We've seen Dabo hit some long shots. Um, and I think those guys get the ball at the top of the box, and a lot of times they're looking for another player. They're looking for somebody else. They're looking for a brilliant kind of chip over the top to Dos Santos or Valeski that they're probably not going to get on. And it's like sometimes just just take a hit, like take a hit, put it on frame, um, and just see what happens. I think there's so many times in this league, uh, because it's not MLS, because it's not the Premier League, there's so many times in this league where you just put the ball on frame somewhere, and it takes a deflection off a defender, it takes a deflection off another defender, and then somebody's right there just to tap it in. And I think, like, uh, too many times I just see us, like, trying to take the next really good pass or something where I think we could just turn and hit it and maybe score, you know? Yeah. I'll take an ugly goal over, you know, a no goal any day. Yeah. So, like, I don't care if you're, you know, it's not a pretty goal. Who cares? Like, if, if it bounces off the back of someone's head yeah. <laughs> because they were just, you know, bouncing around in the box, fine, cool, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I just, I, you know, it's, it's the balance of you don't want Corey Herzog taking 30-yard shots that are 15 <laughs> rows deep in the stands. But, um, you know, I think Dabo and Forbes have enough ball skill that they can put it on frame or put it low enough where it could potentially be on frame um, more often than not. Yeah, just don't sky the ball. Yeah. I, you know, if you're going to shoot from far out, at least put it, you know, below <laughs> a certain point. I don't want to see it be a field goal. <laughs> Agreed. I That was supposed to make me feel better, and now it makes me feel almost worse when you're like, oh, yeah, we're 33rd in in chances. Now it's good that we are converting, so agree with that. Let's take one more step up. What's been good so far this season? Justin, I know you have another stat here for us, but I'm going to jump to Laura Allen. Laura Allen, you first. What has been good, in your opinion, so far this season? Well, um, I didn't think you would – come ask me um, I I I mean I have a whole list of things I mean I think one of the things that uh uh you know you know I listen to the podcast every single week and and I tend to send comments um to the group um, I, I thought you were gonna say the good thing is the podcast is every single oh week. yes yeah awesome. that's true that's really good okay good point uh the podcast is a good thing um but, you know, and so I was kind of coming, you know, I have a whole list of things that, that we didn't get a chance to talk about um, that I think, you know, we could be doing better. Um, uh, ooh, like the play on the field? Um, I don't, you know, I, like, I think like the hard thing for me is that, sure, like the results that we've gotten so far this season are not the worst thing in the world, right? So, um you know, we haven't lost a bunch of games now. The string of ties that we've had is problematic. I think, I think that, you know, that's true. And I think, you know, we're going to get to this in a little bit, but, um, you know, someone, uh, on Twitter this past week, you know, said, well, like, I don't, I don't want the team to lose. I think that would be an embarrassment for them. And kind of my response is like, I think they need to be embarrassed. Like, I think, I think there needs to be this sense of, Hey, like, 
we screwed this up pretty badly and um so here we are now um and we need to do something about it and to give some urgency to it so i think um from a, a good perspective i think you know, I think the fans have been really fantastic so far this season. Um, I think the stadium has been really great. I think we've had a lot, like we have a lot of new food vendors and things like that. Um, and I know I'm completely <laughs> walking around this question um, and not giving you the answer that you want. But I think for me, um, you know, and, and I think like all of this to say, and, and like I said, I could go on and on and on about the things that I think we could do better. But um, I think at the end of the day, right, like, I am still, like, going to buy season tickets to the Riverhounds. Like, I'm still going to go to every single home game that I can possibly get to. Like, I'm still going to go to watch parties and support the team and 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 all of these things, right? Like, the performance on the field, like, to this point will not change, like, how much I care about this team and how much I'm going to support them. Um, do I think we could do things better? Yes. So that was like completely walking around. That, that was my like political answer to your question. <laughs> no, I think, but I think to sort of build upon what you're saying, I think a good is that a lot of the things that we're talking about are things that really only diehard fans are talking about. I think we're talking about building, you know, a fan base and getting people to the stadium. And I think that if, you know, half of these draws were losses, then that's potentially impacting the people that are actually going to the games, the people that are paying attention. But I think if people are going to the games and they're seeing draws, they're not leaving thinking it was a terrible experience or the team is awful. It's like, oh, well, they tied this team. Okay. And, and you know, maybe it brings them back. Um, this is just more of, you know, us watching and, you know, literally going up for every header and being there for every corner kick that, you know, we start to nitpick little things. Not that they shouldn't be nitpicked, but the good thing is, is when you're trying to build out this community, this atmosphere, I think all of those things that you said, Laura Allen, are valid in terms of like, you know, getting more people there, having a better environment. So no, I think that's I think that's a good thing. Kev, give me something good. I mean, I, I don't know. I I, I I wouldn't really trade our back four for anything. I, I mean, I think individually they've had really good seasons barring one or two moments. Um, I, I think I've spoke I've spoken so far this season that there's been I, I, I think there's been a lack of bravery attacking, but I think there's been a ton of bravery in defending. I, th I think the team, I, I think Lily's comfortable putting the likes of Greenspan and Adewale in one-on-ones all day, and I think Greenspan and Adewale are comfortable with putting themselves in one-on-one -on -one situations all day, and I think generally they come on top uh, out of those scenarios. So, I mean, I, I think we have a really strong foundation. Um, I'm really happy with with our kind of platform, even though we've let in 11 goals. Um, and Josh, you know, I, 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 I kind of spar with you over the attack defense kind of thing. I, you know, I agree with you. Yeah, it's a let, the defense is seemingly the problem. But um, um, I, I think I think our defense are great. I, th I think individually, we have a lot of really great players, we just need to put it together. Um, so I don't think we're really I, I'm not I'm not looking saying, okay, we need to look somewhere else for a solution. Um, I think I think we have the players we have we have the ingredients to do it it's just something Something else needs to click, but um, but yeah, I, I think our defense is great. Could be better in set pieces, both attacking and defending. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna stop because this is so quickly turning into yeah, like stop. a bad. Just I know. Stop. Just stop. What's good? Well, everything could be. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what's your good? Um, yeah, uh, I would say that this season, even though we have a lot of draws, it has been an exciting season to watch. It's been a lot more crazy, the, fun times. 
yeah, like a little bit, but not like crazy fun times in like a woo, look at all these goals, but more of like just um, exhilarating games where there's, you know, something happening where you feel like any moment could be a goal, whereas last season kind of felt like, hey, this is where we park the bus and nothing happens for the next 45 minutes, which is good because we're winning, but uh-huh. <laughs> so as far as building that excitement and building uh, just fun to watch soccer, it, it, it does feel like it's fun to watch yeah. uh even though it's also annoying because we're not scoring it's still interesting and you're you're on the edge of your seat while you're watching it which as a you know piece of entertainment is great it's just i wish we could perform a little bit better but yeah it's entertaining soccer yeah all right justin i'm ready for your good <laughs> no, no, you no. yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm just gonna confirm Cavs. actually i think like our defenders have been good and they've been actually really good um, so if I looked at the top five in the table, I'm not going to say who they are, but I've looked at the top five in the table. Uh, we've given up 21 shots all season long. The top five in the table, reading down the table, are 27, 33, 24, 30, and 33. So almost all of the top five, I mean, all of the top five, we've given up less shots. Uh, I mean, I think that just speaks to how good our defenders are at blocking crosses and, and defending one-on-one. I just don't think we give up that many opportunities. And when you're usually when you're not giving up opportunities the other teams aren't scoring and so i think like i think like kept talked about earlier i think at some point we're going to see this either return to the mean um in, in that we're probably going to give up less goals or uh the season's going to go real sour real quick uh so i think one of the one of the two is going to happen at some point in the next couple months slash weeks i think the other thing just non-stat wise and just watching play on the field i mean the three young attacking players that we have in Velarde, uh, Frankie, and Robbie Mertz, I think have all been really good so far this season. And I look forward, I mean, I would hope that all three of them potentially start tomorrow night. Um, maybe, um, maybe not, but um, at least one or two of them start tomorrow night um, and maybe get a full 90 or, or at least 70 out of 90, you know, and just see what they can do. I think when we talk about players who have something to prove, who feel like they're up for something, like I think that those are three guys that I think they feel like they've got something to prove, and so they've they've come to play this season already. I mean, so speaking of the young players, I, I just want to have a super quick conversation. In a fantasy world, let's say let's snap our fingers and say all of a sudden the MLS is a bigger market in the U.S. Um, you know, constantly every season, multiple players are being bought for 40 million, 50 million by European teams. And there's a serious, serious kind of, you know, young, young soccer players in America can see a serious future in soccer in America and the MLS with the likes of Robbie Mertz, because I think we've all been really impressed by Robbie Mertz in the glimpses we've seen of him. What do you think the legitimacy of, you know, academy soccer players skipping college and, and going right to professional stuff. I mean, because now obviously I'm sure the time away in Michigan for Robbie Mertz was extremely beneficial, but you know, you, you go into college, what, 17, 18 years old, that's about the time, you know, good young players are breaking through. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I, I've always salivated at the thought of like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome? Just like some young local Pittsburgh kids who train in the academy and then start at 17, 18. I mean, this isn't unprecedented. We're seeing it in other clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, so yeah, in, in the fantasy world, let's say the MLS market is bigger and kids see a more legitimate shot at it. I mean, 
I don't know. Is that crazy? Like, oh, I would, I would love that so much. No, I don't think it's crazy. And I mean, I think that's, we talked to Hugh Roberts last year and that's sort of what he was touting was like, look, if you want to do it, do it. You can always go back to school later. Now, you know, it would be great if there were programs in place where, you know, colleges would sort of honor scholarships. So it's like, if you go pro, then maybe a few years later, you could still go back just the way college is now. I, those opportunities are few and far between, but um, no, I don't think it's crazy. Um, I think, uh, Kev, I, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I'm sitting here with an MLS team who is banking their whole success on basically five players who are 18 or 19 years old. Um, and I, I look at that and go, man, like if, if the river hounds can become that, if, I mean, but if every team in us soccer can start developing their local kids, um, bring them up, send them through then i think we will start seeing these 40 50 million dollar purchases i think the problem is we're seeing you know uh you know 15 10 you know 5 10 15 million dollar purchases but these are guys who have gone through college played a year or two in mls and they're already 25 years old and all of a sudden newcastle united is interested in them um but it's like I don't know what difference they're going to make all that much at that point where an Austin, somebody like Austin Trusty, who I would hope that the union would be able to sell for a good price at some point, because even two years from now, he's only going to be 21. So it's like a team can have a long future with him where he's already played professional soccer for several years. Yeah. Guys, anyway, that, that was my really roundabout way of saying, yeah, I want to see more Robin yeah. Mertz. Cause every time he comes on the field, I'm like, yes, like Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing you. Yeah, I'm just picturing you sitting there yelling "Yes, Pittsburgh" every time he steps on the field. <laughs> um, guys, we we spent a lot of time talking about good, bad, and ugly. Uh, we got to sort of move on here, but before we do, I just want to make sure: was there any other final points that anybody wanted to make here that we didn't talk about? Could be good, bad, or ugly. I know I said we wanted to end on good, but so could be anything. Yeah, just real briefly, I think um, one thing that I've noticed being at games, and I think something that isn't necessarily being picked up by the cameras is, and and I think someone I forget who it was uh, alluded to this a little bit. Uh, I think it might have been Kevin, but I I think there are some chemistry issues happening on this team, and I don't know the root cause of that. I I have not heard anything from anyone, so just kind of like putting that out there, this is my own kind of observations of what I'm seeing on the field, but, you know, players yelling at other players, like screaming at other players during games, and then those players like turning their, you know, turning their backs and rolling their eyes, (laughs) Um, you know, and you know, arguments between players and, and coaches and, and those kinds of things. And I think there's just, I, I don't know what's going on and, and I don't have a, a proposed solution for it. I, you know, I just think there, I think there's something happening that um, is bringing like discordance to this team. And, um, you know, I, I know, again, you know, I only played soccer through high school, but I know like when people don't get along like you don't have to be best friends but like when people don't get along when there's like conflict happening when there's a lack of trust um between players and between players and coaches um it just compounds on itself um especially when you know like you go down early in a game or or whatever that looks like and so um you know my hope is that they can kind of figure that out in the next couple games here and and kind of you know address whatever is going on um but but i think that's just one thing i've i've been noticing come on hunter i don't know in my head hunter gilstrap is like the coaching staff guy that's supposed to do all that kind of stuff because i I just can't see lily doing it but (laughs) 
<laughs> which is funny because when I think of uh, teams in the past that we've had, uh, lineups in the past where the most discord has been had, at least from the SEAL <laughs> Army's point of view, it was when Hunter yeah. was the I've seen some pretty ugly, you know, so he knows the, matches. He knows the underbelly of it, though. So yeah, he's been there. Yeah. He can, uh... I've seen frustration boil over <laughs> in the back line at many of the Hounds games, and that was one of the worst ones where Hunter was in there. So Maybe. something definitely to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, Kev, I think you mentioned in the last game where it was like, hey, you know, Florida got taken down and, like, nobody came to his help. Like, there's just little things like that, you know, definitely worth uh, keeping an eye out for because there might be something there. So not that it's sort of our job to fix it, but, you know, if anybody's listening that's in the front office, like, we're watching. But, like, but yeah, it's our job to point it out, you know what I mean? Right. Calls, yeah. calls them as we seize them. Yep. <laughs> um, so, guys – we have a game tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this, against Dayton Dutch Lions in the Open Cup. Um, last week, after our discussion, we put out a poll on Twitter, which was pretty amazing. Um, we, we said, if you could win the Open Cup match but only get two points in the next three games, would you take that? Or would you take a loss in the Open Cup match and get six points in the next two games? And literally the split was 51% to 49%. So fans are clearly divided on this. Laura, Allen, and Justin, where do you guys stand on this? Because we sort of the other us other three sort of gave our thoughts on this. Laura, Allen, where are you? Are you Open Cup win and two loss or uh, you know two draws, or are you Open Cup loss and two wins? Uh, open Cup loss and two wins, without a doubt. Like I know it looks bad. I know I I don't care. Like they I like honestly like what would be amazing is if. The Dane Dutch Lions come in and destroy the Riverhounds at Highmark Stadium, and then the players wake up, and they're like, oh, crap, we actually have to figure this out, or we're not going to do well, and then we, like, you know, go on a winning streak. Now, if we lose on Tuesday to, uh, in the first, you know, in our, in our first Open Cup game, and then we continue tying and continue losing, then... I have a whole other set of thoughts about that, but, um, <laughs> but, but I don't know. Like, I, I think there needs to be some kind of wake up call. Um, I don't, I don't know how actually Justin and I haven't talked about this at all. I, I don't know what his opinion is. Fascinating. <laughs> um, I mean, I could care less about the open cup. I think as a, uh, <laughs> part of that is coming from being a Philadelphia union fan who's lost four open cup finals in the last six years. Um, so uh, getting to the final means absolutely nothing. So I don't, you know, so I don't care. I think, I mean, I'm all about the league and I think you got to win the league. I think the reality is, you know, you look at, you, you look even across Europe and, and what was that a couple years ago, Wigan won the FA cup and got relegated in the league. Like, I don't, I just don't see these open cup kind of competitions being all that valuable. Um, now we can talk about what I want to see tomorrow night. And I think then it becomes valuable, but I think I, I just don't think a win or a loss tomorrow night really matters in the long scheme of things. Yeah. I'm, I can't remember who said it now on Twitter. I, it might've been John or I can't remember. Maybe Geica. Uh, someone said, you know, they've seen what it's like for this team to lose against a, a amateur team and how demoralizing it is and how much it hurts the, the pretty much the morale and doesn't like almost all of our coach firings have been happened around open cup losses or like, you know, like 
just the, that's when you can really look at the team and be like, well, the wheels are coming off, so time to do something. So in that aspect, like I don't want to see a like in the pretend world where yeah, if we lose this, it equals two wins. Sure, I'll take that math. But in the reality of the situation is like this game is kind of a a situation where the morale is going to be affected by it. And if that's the case, like I don't want to see them losing this game because that it's going to really suck. And I I feel like it would just snowball uh, if they did lose this game. Was that was that two was that last year or two years ago that um the the river hounds were playing away in the open cup and lost and the tartan devils were playing at home that same night and i mean got crushed by louisville but like it was at least a fun game to have louisville come like i think that was i think that was the same night that those games were happening and i just feel like there's something to that of like you could see the tartan devils were just like oh my gosh this is so fun to be able to play louisville and like at least have a chance and even though they gave up nine goals that game it was like this is just fun to like play in this game um, where the river hounds came home and you could tell it was just like, oh, I cannot believe that happened. Um, and so I just think that there's something about being professional and, and winning a game that you should. Yeah. So let's move beyond the hypothetical. What do we actually think is going to happen tomorrow or today, depending on when we're looking at it? Laura Allen, are we winning this game? I don't know. Probably. I'm sorry. I'm really salty. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get hate mail or something. That's fine. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, um, hmm. Uh, I think we're going to eke out uh, like a one nothing win. Or 2-1. Yeah, what do you think? No, I, I think we'll win, but it's definitely not going to be 9-0 like the Louisville game that was just talked about. I mean, I think, you know, how we're playing thus far in the season, it's, yeah, it's more... It's it's more you know challenging for fifty fifties more making the game a bit of chaos rather than control at times and I think generally when you're playing you know lower league sides they're more attuned to that so I uh, you know it's I think I think they'll be up for it more than we think um, but we I mean come on we we should have more than enough. To, to get past the Dayton like we've Dutch. We've been saying this all season, though. Yeah, but no, this is the Dayton Dutch whatever. I don't even Lions. know what they're like. Lions. This is the Dayton <laughs> Dutch Lions, Mike. They're not, you know, it's not, it's not, they're not even Hartford. Like, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> Justin, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think this is, I mean, this is a chance for, for Lily to put some of these guys in. I think we, like, um, you look at somebody like Sammy Kasai, who finally got some minutes the other day and like put in a pretty good shift. Um, Velarde has put in good shifts every time he's been on the field. And I think that's a time where, you know, you can still anchor your back line with uh, James and Greenspan um, with Caleb Smith being out with injury. But you can still anchor your back line with James and Greenspan and then kind of like just let some other guys loose. Um, maybe still keep Forbes or Kerr on the field, but... Um, I think, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity to get Valeski kind of back in the lineup in, in some minutes. And I think just doing that, I think, will lead to something because these guys do have something to prove. You're putting people in who haven't got that many minutes yet this season, and they want minutes. So I think somebody like Uchenna Uzo, somebody like Sammy Kazai, somebody like Velarde, who have gotten some minutes, if they're seeing 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes tomorrow... I think that could spell good things for the Hounds. So I think if we can do that and then put in a generally professional performance, I think we can pretty easily win this game. 
Josh, do you agree? Yeah, I, I I don't see this game being a stumbling block for us. I feel like we can win this. I mean, it's it's I, okay. Maybe it's because of Dayton Dutch Lions and the history with the the Hounds and and all that kind of stuff. I just, I don't fear the Dayton Dutch Lions, and especially now that they're an amateur team. Um, but I mean, there is one stat that's kind of scary when you look at is the Dayton Dutch Lions have never lost at Highmark. Uh, <laughs> Which, Wait, have they ever played at Highmark? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dayton Dutch Lions used to be in USL yep. Pro uh, with uh, okay. with the Hounds. Right, so the the team used to be on the same level as the Hounds, but then they kind of self relegated down uh, due to finance issues and whatnot. So, I was about to say, like, I haven't lost at Highmark ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dayton Dutch Lions have played plenty of games at right, cool. uh, Highmark. But yeah, it, but that was also a team that was full of uh, pro players instead of amateur players. So. I'm not actually worried. I just think that stat is one of those things where you look at it, you're like, huh, <laughs> okay. So we're all sort of expecting a win tomorrow, hopefully. So that means two draws in the next one, right? Well, no. That, that was the no. hypothetical. We're just saying one game at a time, Kev. Come on. Uh, speaking of one game at a time, so we got this game on Tuesday. We got a game on Saturday, too. Hounds travel to Memphis to play Saturday, 8 p.m. Um, Memphis... Just got uh, Kunga, the 20-year-old forward and homegrown player from Atlanta United. Instead of going to ATL UTD 2, they sent him to Memphis, <laughs> which is weird. He'll be there for the remainder of the season. He might have an impact on things. The other thing is that Memphis also has an open cup match, but they're playing Red Bulls 2 on Wednesday. So, you know, a little bit stiffer competition. Um, like I mentioned, Red Bulls top of the East right now. Who knows whether, you know, either team is really going to take it that seriously, especially with, you know, if it's Red Bulls 2 that are playing, you know Red Bulls 1 are going to enter the Open Cup at some point. So, like, whether or not the whole organization takes it seriously, who knows. But um, So they're on a short week as well. Uh, Memphis got their second win of the season against Hartford last week, 2-1 to one in Hartford, which, you know, Hartford just keeps giving points away. So that's not really anything that, uh, that we got to be too worried about. Is anybody worried about this game in Memphis? I mean, I say worried with like a question mark because I feel like we shouldn't be, but at the same time with everything going on, I don't know. Justin, what do you think? Um, yes, I'm worried about this game. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not worried about this game in the sense of like looking at our team versus a Memphis team and saying like, should I be worried about this game? No, I'm not worried about it. And I look at that and go, ah, oh, that should be a pretty like easy win um, or something like that but it just hasn't been this season so it, it just has not been easy this season and we're I mean other than Hartford we're just not beating teams that we necessarily should every time we've been out so I'm a little like I'm a little concerned just about the um, I'm a little concerned just about the game because I just think like a, a, another tie against a team like this would not feel good um, and so I think we we need to win this game, but I I mean not in a must need win sort of way, but like we need to win this game just for morale and everything else. And actually, just one correction to your statement there, just so everyone knows, they're playing the Red Bulls under twenty three team, not their two team. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because their two team is not allowed to play in the Open Cup. I thought that there yeah. was something like that, and when I saw it, I was like, that doesn't feel right. So yeah, thanks for <laughs> correcting that. Laura Allen, are you going into this game confident, cautious, confounded? I don't know what other C words uh, there are. Oh, 
Well, um, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, who knows, really? Like, I, I don't know what to expect, right? We're not supposed to look at the table until 10 games in. Now Kevin's saying we're not going to think about things too too critically or or really begin to evaluate games until 15 games in. My whole right, thing I is like my own reality. Why why don't we just why don't we just wait to see when the playoffs come and then and then we'll make an assessment <laughs> on the season. Um no, uh I, I don't know. I think, you know, should we win? Yeah. I, I, let me back up here. Based on the players <laughs> on our team, should we win this game? Yes. Based on the performance that we've had so far this season, should we win this game? I think it's a toss-up between, like, a win and a tie. Do I think we lose this game? I certainly hope not. But on the flip side of that, maybe losing to Memphis is what we need, right? Maybe we win on Tuesday. I think Justin brings up some great points about, you know, players who have not seen playing time before and have now, are, now have this opportunity so, you know, I think there's something to be said for that. So I think the the game on Saturday against Memphis, you know, with, you know, we put our, you know, starting 11 out there who maybe are complacent. There's another C word for you. But, um, you know, so, you know, maybe we lose and maybe that's kind of the kick in the pants that we need. Um, but, but I don't know. I, you know, should we come out with a win? I hope so. But I expect a, a win or a tie, you know, but I also... Wouldn't be surprised if we lost either. I'm just trying not to be surprised. That's that's really sad, actually. But Josh, is a draw acceptable in this one? I don't think so. I, I'm not worried about Memphis. I'm worried about the Hounds. Um, that's the way you'll kind of look at it. I don't think if we lose this game, it's not because Memphis is a better team. We lose this game because the Hounds are in their head, uh, their own heads, and they're not able to pull it out. Uh, with that said, I do think this bye week could have been a great opportunity for Lily and the team to kind of assess, to slow down, to come up with a better game plan, to fix the wrongs that are going on right now. So it's very possible that, you know, we, we do see a rejuvenated team uh, coming out against Memphis and tomorrow as well. But I feel like tomorrow is going to be a little bit more of a, a B squad kind of like, hey, like Justin was saying, give the, the kids a chance, you know, let the kids play type of situation. Um, so I, I do think Memphis is a kind of a nice, uh, gift to the hounds, uh, to have coming out of a bye week and on a week where they have two games, uh, that's one of the better opponents you could have asked for. Uh, so that's a nice surprise, but yeah, if they lose, it's not because Memphis, it's because hounds. Maybe we'll get what we've all been asking for. Tommy V and net. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's the solution right there. The only position he hasn't played. Kev, give me your thoughts on this game and then a score prediction. You're going to leave I mean, some we could score just, predictions here. We could just play 11 outfield players and not play a keeper. Um, <laughs> that would be, be kind of interesting. Um, no, yeah, look, I'll make it quick. You know, at the beginning of preseason, we were saying all of us, Hounds finished first to second in the East at the end of the season. You know, we have, we've had Lily on. He's talking about championships. We've, we've had – what Toby on he's talking about championships uh, yeah it has to start in Memphis um so yeah it, and it should start in Memphis it will start in Memphis we'll get a three points and we'll, we'll kick on score prediction score prediction <laughs> uh 2-0 uh, 2-0 okay Justin what do you got score prediction wise after last week's pod I kind of want to predict Memphis 2-1 but that's not what I think will actually happen uh <laughs> 
<sighs> yeah. I'm kind of with Kev. Two to one hounds, I think, is pretty fair. Mar Allen? I'm going with the classic Lily special, one nothing. The classic. The, not not the Ooh. new Lily special. The T2. <laughs> yes. Lily Very special 1.0. I like it. There we go. <laughs> that works because it's one zero. Um, <laughs> I I don't think we get a clean sheet. I don't think that's happening still, especially with Lungard still out with a back injury. So I'm going to say 2-1. Hounds. Uh, I'm going to be blindly optimistic, and I'm going to go with Laura Allen and say 1-0. I think I'm, I'm hoping that after the, the, you know, not that this has been an experiment at all, but we've talked about the divergence from sort of classic Lily style um, and sort of more wide open and trying to attack more and relying more on the defense. And at some point, I think Lily's going to say, okay, either this isn't working or he's just going to keep pressing on and we're going to keep in this situation. But if he says this isn't working, he's going to fall back to what he knows. And that's just going to be like, we're going to lock it down and we're going to take our chances and go from there. And so, not saying that's exactly what's going to happen. That's just sort of my hope that we, if you're going to fix anything, like the back is where we got to fix first. So it's focus on that and then hopefully move forward. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, but uh, we'll see. That's what we think. Let us know what you think guys. Anything else for this one? We, we, uh, we ran long, but I think we touched on a lot of really good stuff. So thank you all for joining us. We got to do this more often. Um, and uh, thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press. Best choice for your custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com. Here are all the shows we put out, including the preview shows and the post-game full 90. Sounds like there'll be a full 90 after the Open Cup game this week, so that'll be fun. Uh, there you can also click over to the store, get yourself some of the merch. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Mongols. Email us at Mongols at BGN.FM, at MongolsPod on Instagram. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe to the show, leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. Bye.